What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 46th episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on the show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can shoot to redirectly anytime at Ryan Turford. On this episode, we get ready to make the jump through the mass relay in Mass Effect, released on November 20th, 2007. As I mentioned on last week's episode, 2007 was an amazing year for video games, and with so many previous entries on this list from 2007, Mass Effect reigned supreme as my highest pick from this year. While Mass Effect wasn't available at launch, it was the game that got me to buy my Xbox 360 day one after its reveal trailer during X. 05 on October 4th, 2005. While I had appreciated Bioware's PC releases with the Baldur's Gate series, it wasn't until the original Xbox with Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and Jade Empire that they quickly became one of my favorite developers in the business. I was so hyped for Mass Effect, and the final game did not disappoint, and yeah, like, with the, three, with the Xbox era in particular, with them being exclusive to Microsoft platforms, it was so cool to basically fall in love with Bioware as a developer. They are obviously based out of Canada, so obviously we've got that uh, that home country pride here a little bit, but uh, I love the Mass Effect series. I, I love all three games in the series, and I mean, obviously we're not done talking about Mass Effect. This isn't the last time we're going to do that, but at the same time, Obviously, I would be remiss if I didn't have it here. I mean, I remember just watching that that reveal trailer from XO5 on repeat. I was like so excited for Mass Effect. And again, because they were exclusive to Microsoft, because Mass Effect itself was actually being published by Microsoft Game Studios, I knew I had to have a 360 at that point, because um, even if it wasn't going to be out for another two years, this was the game I was going to want. And uh, it was the, the type of thing where if, if there's a system selling game for me personally, for example, Metroid is always kind of that on Nintendo platforms for me. I will always gravitate to buying that platform, even if I don't use it right away or or play a lot of things. It just happened to also be uh, an amazing situation, too, because Xbox was already starting to become my primary ecosystem with the original Xbox. So when it when the 360 came around, it had a great launch lineup and I really just dove into it and kind of went all in on the 360. In fact, I kind of made the dumb mistake, and I, I think I talked about this before on the Geometry Wars episode, that I kind of made the mistake of selling my original Xbox and all my games to pay for my 360 and the games I bought at launch. Um, I wish I still would have kept on, kept, held on to some of those. Uh, obviously, I've rebuilt most of that collection now, but it's just one of those things where uh, games like Futurama, for example, are like super expensive on the original console. But again, that has nothing to do with Mass Effect, so I'm not going to dwell on it too much. Now, in case you haven't played it, in the far future, humanity discovers a device called the Mass Relay in the Milky Way galaxy. Using the Mass Relay, they are able to travel to distant solar systems in an instant. This new discovery allows humanity to join other civilizations across space and colonize new worlds. You play as Commander Shepard, an officer in the United Systems Alliance. After a mission to retrieve an ancient Prothean artifact goes wrong on the human world of Eden Prime, you're tasked with tracking down a rogue Spectre agent known as Saren who led the attack to bring him to justice. The story in Bioware's games has always been top-notch, and Mass Effect is no different. Bioware built a rich universe full of interesting characters and things to do. 
Dialogue was excellently written and acted, with great performances and memorable characters outside of the main cast. Both Mark Muir and Jennifer Hale did amazing jobs in their own right as the two selectable Commander Shepherds, ensuring that there was no wrong choice when picking between them, but let's be real, Femshep is the only Shep, am I right, people? But I mean, there's no there's no faulting uh, male Shep either. I mean, Mark Muir, again, does an amazing job uh, as Commander Shepherd, and again, all of the, the squad mates that you get along the journey are also really memorable and lovable, and you grow to love them over the course of the journey, and anytime you may flirt with the chance of losing any of them, especially because it was an iter- like an experience that layered choice going into later games. Uh, you felt something there. You really just wanted to hold tight on uh, to uh, a lot of these characters, even knowing that some of them you might not have any cha- like might not have a chance to save them. Announced and planned as a trilogy, the original Mass Effect sows the seeds of what is to come for the series. And I remember racking my brain over predictions for how certain choices would connect with one another in later games, with your save game carrying over from game to game. At the time, there was only one other series that I even knew about that tried this very ambitious design, and that was actually the Dot .hack series of games on the PS2. In those games, you actually use the same save across all four Dot .hack games, and you use the same characters, items, and equipment throughout your journey. Mass Effect took this idea and ran with it, as not only did you bring your characters over, but also all the choices you made along the way. It really made you stop and think about what your choices would be in the first game, and it definitely made them feel much more weighty than they did in other Bioware games, um, because those choices obviously were isolated in that game, and uh, they weren't as broad-reaching as some of the, even just the smallest choices in uh, the original Mass Effect. It really felt like a special experience, and I really remember just being obsessed with crafting the perfect save that best reflected my personal choices for each situation. In fact, I actually had multiple saves because I did play through it multiple times to get all the achievements, because this is one of those games that I did get all the achievements for, even even the DLC uh, achievements. And uh, I first have my original save from my very first playthrough, and that's actually still carried with me today um, if I want to ever go back to it. But then I also want to craft kind of like the perfect save for me with thinking about and kind of knowing where the story in the first game goes um, without actually planning too much of the the second game and the third game going into that. So I, I really love just the way choices really branch off. And again, we didn't really see the payoff for a lot of those choices in the first game until future installments, even stuff like Conrad Werner and get, visiting him on the Citadel so many times. I mean, you got to see kind of some of those choices play out before you in the first game, but it wasn't until the second or third games when you saw Conrad Werner reappear that it, it really just hammered home just how important some of those little choices were. So how will this Mass Effect hold up today? While I personally really enjoyed how deep the RPG mechanics worked its way into the gameplay, many people at the time weren't too much into this, and it was probably the one aspect of the game that probably doesn't hold up as well. The combat math is largely affected by your character's skills, which limits the weapons you have at your disposal, as well as your accuracy and damage with your weapons. However, while I would say that the gun combat hasn't really aged as well, the power usage and abilities at your disposal are a ton of fun to use even today. Whether you're using your biotic or tech skills, both are equally as fun to use, and mixing and matching them to your heart's delight is a joy. Of course, since we're talking about the original Mass Effect here, we also need to mention the Mako, which is your vehicle for traversal across missions. It's a tough-to-drive vehicle, and its shooting is a little bit weird, but I actually have a really soft spot for the Mako as well as the game's exploration. In later sequels, beyond the hub worlds, there really isn't 
too much exploration for you to do. In fact, you're really, especially in a game like Mass Effect 2, you're really just locked into smaller areas and then your your hub cities are kind of where you do most of your exploring. But in Mass Effect, you're able to freely explore many uninhabited planets along the way using the Mako. I love the freedom of being able to fully explore planets to my heart's content, and even if the Mako wasn't the best vehicle to do this with, I would still spend hours driving across the moon or other random planets I would come across and see if they have other hidden secrets. Obviously, each planet also had some smaller secondary objectives that you could go do, but honestly, I just found it was super fun as someone who likes exploring new environments and seeing new places, like exploring different uninhabited planets. It's like, it's kind of the dream that, that people who go to space, like who want to go to space basically always have. It's like they want to go to space to, because they want to see, you know, something, something completely different from what's on earth. And that's really what I liked about the exploration in the original mass effect. Yes. The Mako, again, you can make fun of it all you want, but the fact that you could, again, freely roam these pla- roam around these planets, again, really got the, the space nerd in me going. And I definitely loved that aspect of the game. And I was really heartbroken when I played Mass Effect 2 and they took that feature away because, um, again, one of the things I was most excited to see in Mass Effect 2 is how they would evolve it. Like maybe we would see like bigger cities or even like smaller towns on other planets. Um, but they just went in the complete opposite direction where you basically just like spin a a scanner of like the globe of a planet and then like scan for minerals. It's just, it was so much less involved and and so much less exciting. And it definitely kind of killed the exploration element for me. I mean, obviously I like Mass Effect two and three for different reasons. Um, which we'll get to when we talk about Mass Effect 2, but definitely with the original Mass Effect, it was a really special game at the time. And uh, again, even now, I I still like exploring some of those planets. I think that's still really cool. Visually, while some of the surfaces themselves and the human character models are starting to show their age a bit, the alien character models, as well as the visual look and presentation of the game, still look fantastic today. Planets and environments still look lifelike with some great details and weather effects. If you're playing on 360, the frame rate during hectic situations takes a bit of a hit. It goes sub 30 frames per second, but if you're playing via backwards compatibility, this is all smoothed out at a locked 30 frames per second. And yes, the elevator rides take just as long as you remember them taking from when you first played the game. That was always just a very funny moment, although obviously we're starting to see now with uh, journalists having access to the Xbox One X, or sorry, the Xbox Series X at this time, uh, the elevator sequences are like way faster. Even the load screens are like almost instant for the original Mass Effect, which again, longtime Mass Effect fans are finally just saying, thank you, thank you. We finally have a version of this game where we don't have to wait forever in the elevator. But obviously, like some of the dialogue and, and some of the chatter between the characters is actually pretty funny in the elevator sequences as well. Also, one of the things that I have to give Mass Effect props for as well is its achievement system. And this is something we don't really see in games that often because not only do the achievements obviously give you gamer score, but in the game itself, unlocking specific achievements gave you specific in-game bonuses, which really just helped you along the way. For example, you got extra XP bonuses or a bunch of credits to start with, or even when you'd replay the game. Uh, with either a new game plus with your your regular character or uh, starting a new character, you could actually start with one of the ability trees added to your ability slots. Meaning, for example, if you picked an infiltrator, which is basically a uh, tech character that focuses on sniper rifles and pistols, you could also give them uh, the ability to use assault rifles, for example, and then level up that tree. Because without it, you could still use those weapons, but 
they just really were very ineffective and uh, it was really hard to use them. Like try using a sniper rifle without leveling up the sniper tree and your cursor is just going all over the place. It's kind of ridiculous. So um, I have to give them props for that because it's one of the things that I wish more games would do because I think it would really get encourage people to go not only go for achievements, but really just dive deep into the games they're really enjoying. And uh, it's one of the things I already like about achievements already where I like how it gives me that little carrot on the end of the stick that if I'm really enjoying a game, it makes me want to try everything. It makes me want to go for stuff and giving you rewards for that was just super impressive. And uh, unfortunately, like I said, they didn't really do that for the sequels. They still give you some of the new game plus perks that I, I, I mentioned, but you didn't really have achievement perks or anything like that, which is kind of depressing. Also, the soundtrack from Jack Wall is incredible. It's basically uh, a mix of synth music with uh, orchestral music, and it's super awesome. Again, all the the soundtracks across the the three Mass Effect games are incredible, and I really like the soundtrack from the first game, um, especially uh, Vigil in particular. Like that track still gives me chills, man. Now, if you're looking to pick up Mass Effect today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360, and it's backwards compatible on Xbox One. The trilogy of games are all backwards compatible, and they're all permanent inclusions on the EA Access Vault, which will also become part of Xbox Game Pass on November 10th, so you have no excuse not to play these games. I mean, even if you don't want to pick them up again, if you've got Game Pass on November 10th, you'll have all of them again, with, again, the benefits of Series X or S if you do decide to pick one up, which is super awesome, and I'm glad that these are in such an available state for people to uh, go ahead and pick up. And uh, definitely if you're playing this game for the first time or if you want to basically check out the original Mass Effect, like if you just started with two, for example, definitely play them on Xbox One uh, for the frame rate things I talked about before. It's not a deal breaker playing it on 360, but I would highly encourage you if you've got at least an Xbox One, you should play it that way. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You can also find the Pantsman himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, or us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye!